Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. This episode of People Will Steal Anything, Anytime and Anywhere takes us to the city of Burbank in Washington State, where 30-year-old Dustin Bushnell wanted to make the decor in his son's room extra special and thought the perfect thing to finish off, and then he thought of the perfect thing to finish off, the new bed bunk or bunk bed installation. And that's why he went down to the city park, took out a hacksaw, and removed a slide from the playground. A 400-pound slide that, once modified and installed, basically took up so much of the bedroom you couldn't open the door. But hey, it was cool, and that was all that mattered. Police found the slide in the home in the boys' room when they came with a search warrant looking for other stolen property. Well, first thing, Cliff, it's pretty cool. Second, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a um, floor in my house that would hold up 400 pounds. It would go right <laughs> through the floor. And third... yeah. If you yeah. lived in like a um, two-story or even a three-story house, yeah. can you imagine if you had a slide from your bedroom on the third floor that you could jump out your window and slide down and it would take you on a twisty, curvy road right That'd into cool. a swimming pool? <laughs> to the swimming pool? Yes. Would okay. that not be awesome? That would be, that would be fun, I'll say that. Now that's the way to wake up on a early <laughs> early Monday morning cliff. No, who are you? You wouldn't wake up that way. There's water involved. I would have to uh, splash in a um, baby pool section. I was going to say there's going to be a kiddie pool, isn't there? <laughs> it's, it's, it would be for me. <laughs> Spring break season just now getting underway, and this time of the year always takes me back to the DJ Academy. What about the DJ Academy? Well, my first spring break there at the DJ Academy, Cliff, is yeah. when I first had the taste of chocolate pudding and beer combined. <laughs> no. Yes. No. You haven't lived, Cliff, till you've had chocolate pudding washed down with a good cold <laughs> brew. No. It's not something you'll ever forget. Oh, no, I can't even stop thinking about it now. <laughs> it's not something you'll ever do twice. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's a spring break to remember, Cliff. I realize, after having yeah. said that out loud, that yeah, the image of chocolate pudding mixing with beer as it goes into your stomach, oh. it kind of sounds bad. It kind of sounds bad? Yes. And if you're sitting there... Right yeah. now, listening to us, thinking, "Boy, that does sound kind yeah. of bad." I can yeah. tell you for a fact, it's real <laughs> bad. Don't do that. It's horrid. You'll get sick if you try that. Trust me. Well, I'm sure you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> Weed police in Germany say it took nine years, but they finally caught their man, only to be disappointed in the final outcome. Officers in the western German town of Schwelm say they long had a suspect in the 2002 bur 2012 burglary a 30-year-old Albanian citizen, but having a suspect and having evidence to prove guilt are two different things. That was something they searched for nine years to get. It turned up in France a few days ago. DNA evidence collected in a violent crime in that country matched DNA evidence collected at the scene of the German burglary, and the connection was made. Turns out, German police back in 2012 collected DNA from a half-eaten sausage left at the scene of the crime. 
But as you might expect, there was one problem. The statute of limitations on burglary has expired in Germany and the man likely can't be charged, something police call a worst-case scenario. In a press conference announcing the problem, the police chief said, I'll be frank, we thought we'd be further along in the case by now. But did say the guy probably grew up as a spoiled brat and added those statute of limitation laws are a bunch of baloney. <laughs> I like the way you slipped worst in there, Cliff. That was, that was really nice, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worst case scenario. Yeah, and maybe it's just me. And it probably yeah. is, but I just have the feeling yeah. that a lot of crimes in Germany involve sausages at one point or another. <laughs> I just got that feeling that there's a lot of sausage action going on in Germany. Cliff, I saw this this morning, and it this makes me a little, um, well, nervous and paranoid at the same time, to be honest oh, with okay. you. Researchers in Arizona are yeah. wanting to bury a gigantic doomsday freezer on the moon. <laughs> and they I read the headline about this. They yeah. want to fill this doomsday freezer yeah. with about 7 million species of DNA from here on earth just in okay. case things here on earth at some point in time go south. And I'm like, have you guys ever watched a sci-fi movie? That's the way bad things get started when you start putting DNA out there for anybody to willy-nilly grab it. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would totally agree. It's almost like uh, they're trying to set up the uh, Jurassic Park on the moon scenario. It's kind of scary, isn't it, Cliff? Yeah. It's like you don't know who's going to you know, eventually <laughs> land there and open up your freezer. Yeah. And start mixing things together. There's no telling what's going to happen. It's like, you know, and if people, and if well, if it's if it's like aliens, yeah. aliens don't know which DNA goes with what. <laughs> no telling what you'll come up with. <laughs> Holy cow! Research is out, Cliff, that says that all of yeah. us yearn for comfort food because we have fond memories of the people who first served it to us when we were in childhood. That makes okay. a lot of sense. No, uh, and in, as a matter of fact, um, there's uh, something that my grandmother made that I have the recipe for that I can't make it like she made it, um, and and I I ran across it in a in a like a smorgasbord kind of restaurant up towards Indianapolis, and it tasted exactly like and I was literally in tears from eating it because it just reminded me of her so much. So, it's, it's you're exactly right. Well, I know nothing about cooking, Cliff, as you well know. And yeah, I, yeah we've, we've documented that. <laughs> but I hear that all the time from folks who say their yeah. mom or their grandma made biscuits or gravy or whatever it was yeah. they made, pot roast, and yeah. they got the recipe and they can't make it exactly the same. And I don't really understand how that's possible. If you put the same ingredients in, yeah, it's not like a leprechaun comes and mixes it in <laughs> and fixes it so it tastes you know, different. And it's, it's odd because it you know i have the recipe in her handwriting and so i'm following it exactly but it's not the same and it must be like the way her oven was the temperature or something is just not quite the same or the way the air circulated inside so it doesn't bake the same way or do you think she threw off on the recipe just so it couldn't be exactly (laughs) like she made whenever she wrote it down for you (laughs) that's entirely possible let's let him search forever to try to come up with that yeah yeah you know, Cliff, we were talking about how we yearn for comfort food. 
Yeah. Because of the fond memories of those who fed it to us when we were kids. And <laughs> yep. That got me to thinking, maybe that's why I have this thing for cafeteria hairnets. Because... <laughs> You laugh. Really? You laugh, but it's a thing I've got. Cafeteria hairnets. Because of the French Fry Fridays we had in grade school. Every okay. Friday, it was French Friday. <laughs> well, Cliff, what's happening at 8 o'clock this morning? <laughs> well, it's not going to be as exciting as a hairnet, I'm well, going to tell you that. Well, that's pretty exciting for me. I tell you, Cliff, woman puts on a cafeteria hairnet, and I get all weak need. <laughs> Too much info, I bet you, you can't. <laughs> I bet you can't go to the deli at Walmart, can you? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes even the dudes are wearing the hair. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I yeah. <laughs> well, now you got me thinking that. Quit that. Stop that. <laughs> we, the average new car dealership, offers a wide range of financing options to fit most any buyer, but this is not one of them. Authorities in Woolforth, Texas, say a man named Eric Dion Warren was interested in purchasing a new BMW and went down to the local BMW dealership, picked one out, arranged for a test drive, and pretty well, pretty soon was filling out the paperwork to purchase the vehicle. When he said he needed to run an errand, and the salesperson, apparently eager for commission, arranged for the 50-year-old man to just drive the car he was going to buy anyway on said errand, and pretty soon... Warren was pulling into a bank where he walked into a lobby and displayed what looked like a gun and demanded money. Soon he was leaving the bank, cash in hand, returning to the dealership saying he had money ready to make his down payment. <laughs> Things began to fall apart for the robber when an employee at the dealership got a call informing him about the bank robbery just up the road while Warren was still in the finance office and police were soon on the scene. If only it worked that way, Cliff. <laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to go make a withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> of someone else's money. If someone, Yeah, by the way, that way to buy a car earns you a 20-year prison sentence. <laughs> Cheaper and less time to just pay off the car. Exactly. Major League Baseball, Cliff, is uh, making a little bit of news. They started this yesterday, and... Yeah. They're trying to make the game more exciting for younger fans. They're feeling that it <laughs> takes too long. So they're tinkering with some of the rules and regulations. Okay. And they always do that in the minor leagues to begin with, just to see how it goes before they right. bring it up. Yep. Some of the rules and regulations they have, Cliff, to uh, bring in younger fans, uh, shift restrictions on the infield. You can't move around like they do, trying to stop the other team from getting hits. Okay. They're uh, going to have um, computers call the balls and strikes. <laughs> uh, okay. They're also going to do a thing where they're going to have larger bases. Yes. Larger bases, they think, is their key here to help improve <laughs> the game and bring it's in younger make... viewers. <laughs> There is only one way, Cliff, that that larger yeah. base thing is going to work. How is that? If it made a sound when you stepped on it, oh. <laughs> that would make the younger viewers, every time it's touched, <laughs> yeah. first base, second base, and third base yeah. makes a certain sound. Whatever like, you, you want. Mean, oh, I have a suggestion. I figured, Anytime anybody touches the bases, it should go. 
and that will bring in younger viewers right there. Glenn. No, that totally would. It yes. would. I'm telling you, I could make, solve their make problem. Make the bases a make the bases giant whoopee cushions. Exactly. And then home plate has its own special sound <laughs> whenever you touch it or whatever they what want. What would it sound? I don't what do you know. What it sound? Whatever they want to come up with, you know. It's <laughs> whatever youngsters want to hear. Well, maybe not that. <laughs> You know, Cliff, there's a lot of days, and today is one of them, that I think mm -hmm. that uh, there's really no reason for me to be here. And I say that <laughs> I say that because our wonderful listeners yeah. are so much farther ahead of me than I could ever possibly get. We were talking about the bases in baseball, being bigger, yeah. trying to get younger kids into the games. And I yeah. said if you touched on the base, they would make a sound that all kids would appreciate and love. <laughs> That one. And then it came to home plate, and we were kind of yeah. stumped. I have yeah. a ton of text messages and a bunch of voice messages <laughs> that we yeah. blew this, Cliff. Listen to this. This is perfect. Morning, Cliff. Nick from Otwell checking in. We, when you cross home plate, it ought to be a... <laughs> That's exactly right, Cliff. Round third base, you come home, you slide in safe, and you hear... And the player stands up and gives the gymnastic salute to the crowd. It would be beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then there's like uh, judges. <laughs> yes, they score. So you. you don't. So you don't just get one run for scoring home in and touching home plate and setting off the sound. Yeah. Then and then once you you know plant the landing, uh, then you get judged, and that's how much how much uh, runs you get. Oh, that was. We should get a hold of the commissioner of baseball, Cliff. I think we've got something here. <laughs> Cliff, do you know by any chance anything about raising chickens? <laughs> um, no, I do not. I think, I'm not sure, but I think that yeah. you, I think all places that raise chickens, they have at least one rooster. I think that to be true. Yeah, I, be I believe that's the case, is that you have to have one rooster. So with the time change coming up on Saturday night, early Sunday yeah. morning, where we you know yeah. flip those clocks up an hour, yeah. if you have a chicken farm with a rooster mm -hmm. or roosters, do you have to reset your rooster every time we change the <laughs> clock? Is there something you have to do to your rooster to make um, it cockle-doodle-doo at the right time? I, my guess is, I mean, I'm sure someone who raises chickens will tell us. Um, the correct answer, but my guess is, uh, because roosters actually go by the sunrise, uh, no. So you're thinking... they don't really, I mean, they don't really tell you, you know, what time it is. They just start making noise when the sun comes up or just whenever they damn well feel like it. So you're saying keep your hand off the roosters this weekend. Is that what you're <laughs> yes. trying to tell us? Yes. Do not try to adjust your rooster. All right. Well, maybe somebody that actually knows what they're talking about will send us a text We'll message. weigh in. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. During a conversation between two people that are facing each other and can see each other, yeah. the average person's turn to talk is mm -hmm. less than two seconds. And there's okay. only a gap of 200 milliseconds before they start talking again. <laughs> and that's true across all cultures in this world and even in sign language conversations. Once they stop, 
200 milliseconds before they kick back up again. I know some people, Cliff, you basically have to have a flare gun with you to get a word in edgewise. (laughs) Some signal flags. Yes, yes. (laughs) Cliff, anything said today? Phrases of the day start with number three. There's a lot of sausage action in Germany. (laughs) Reportedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Yes. Number two. I have this thing... For cafeteria hairnets. You know, I shouldn't have even said that. I should have kept that to myself. <laughs> yeah, would you care to take it back? <laughs> I would like to take that back. And the number one morning roadshow phrase for today. Do you have to reset your rooster? The answer to that is no. <laughs> Just your there's no way to There's no way to wind your rooster back an hour this weekend. All right. Well, you do your clocks this weekend, so you're not late Monday morning here, Cliff. Yeah, because we're going to start at 6 a.m. on the right time. Be here or be square. Okay. Oh, we'll see you then. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.